welcome to Meet My Mutual with Sarah and Ava. Pour some wine, light a joint, or don't, and meet my mutual. Miss Lugana. Do you hear that? Glug, 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 glug. Doing it on purpose. Cheers. Cheers. I haven't drank in so long. My wine glasses were literally dusty. <laughs> You're going to get tipsy off of like one glass too. Um, What have you been watching? <sighs> Lots of Gilmore Girls. I uh, Have you seen that like meme? Or I don't know if it's a meme or just like a statement or on Twitter that's like, People with anxiety like to watch things that they've already seen a million mm-hmm. times because they know the ending and like it's a sense of security. Yeah. That's definitely me right now. <laughs> That's really- why I'm watching Vampire Diaries for the third time yeah. since March. <laughs> so Honestly, it's good stuff. Oh, but I did see The Queen's Gambit, which you need to watch with your mom because it was Yeah, good. no spoiler alerts. I'm gonna watch that with my mom. But yeah, it, was, it was like visually pleasing, you know? Ooh. One of those Ooh. like not well i mean there was one guy that was pretty hot but i don't know i heard i heard the cinematography was really good yeah it was cool um no our guest actually that we have coming on is recommended misfits did you watch misfits Mm -mm. it's a british show that's like heard of it it's like it's not skins but it's like a supernatural skins kind of i only watched one episode but she recommended it to me and it's right up my alley for those Good. who like weird shit. Yeah, and yeah, fucking all it. these Game of Thrones actors are in it. Ramsey Bolton, Mama Stark. Oh my god, really? Yes. I feel like British TV and shows and movies just like have the same ten actors. <laughs> definitely like from definitely the, big the shows ones. from like the early two thousands are like the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of skins actors in Game of Thrones too. Ugh, skins. I love skins. Wait, what's that other British show that's really good? Oh, Sex Education. When does that come back? I love that show. That so might be good. one of my favorite shows. I'm with you. It's so, so good. I love the mom. The mom's great. What's her name? Is that fucking... I don't um... know. She's a great actress, though. What the heck? She reminds me of Emma Thompson, but it's not Emma yes. Thompson. I don't know. Wait, what else have I been watching? Oh, yes. I watched that Netflix holiday show, Dash and Lily. And as corny as it was, it actually reminded me of our conversation earlier that we had um, off mic because, spoiler alert, and if the girl gets the courage to stand up to a boy who bullied her in middle school, and it was like he bullied her and it was like this changing or this like life changing moment for her where like she thought she was cool up until that moment and then she realized she wasn't. Mm -hmm. And she like screams at him being like, I was only 12 years old. And, like, you expect him to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And instead he goes, I was only 12 years old, too. Where Mm, it's kind of like, yeah, it is sad. Like, yes, he should not have bullied her. But, like, also he was 12 years old. Like, everybody's going through it and learning and making mistakes. And they have outside influences that make them get to that point. Exactly. Like, I was thinking about the people who bullied me in middle school. And i'm like yes i still hate them and yeah they might still be assholes now the guy in the show ends up also like still being an asshole which was like accurate but it does show that like they were probably going through something too and maybe they had moments like that that i didn't you know what i mean like yeah trying to forgive i mean i i think so i mean bullies don't just like 
exist. I feel like you get to that point because of something that happened to you. So we all have trauma. I know. It made me sad. I was like, damn, that was really accurate. Especially because the guy looked like the guy that I was thinking of in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like this, like your stereotypical, like blonde, blue eyed guy. Classic bully. Classic bully. (laughs) Who's like, quote unquote, hot, but like isn't actually hot. Right, no, he's, like, high school hot yeah. and small town hot. He has, like, Justin Bieber hair. <laughs> the flip. The flip. Oh, God. Now I'm sad. I'm sad. <laughs> thinking about bullies. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody went through it at some point or another. And, like, I feel like I just haven't left my high school or my, like, middle school feel. Like, you know when you walk through middle school and you're just insecure all the time? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's been me every day since. Oh. And, like, Things have happened in my life that are good and I'm happy in most ways, but at the core, like, I feel like I'm still fucking 12 years old. Yeah. I think a lo- I think most of us are. That's why it's our inner child. Yeah. I mean, every single therapy session I have, for the most part, comes back to middle school because kids were fucking cruel. Yeah. Like, but really see, cruel. for you, it's interesting because you have, like, true real experiences of, like, this person was a bully. This person said something that was awful. Mine, I feel like, was like a slow burn of like losing friends over time and watching them go to different groups that I wish I could be a part of but never felt like I fit into. And then also just like little jabs that people that were my friends would take that wasn't meant to be mean or. Right. They were like microaggressions. Right. And then over time, I'm like looking back, I'm like, shit, I can't believe they said that. That was really mean, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, I got into that fight with that girl at the beginning of quarantine that I was telling you about. And in it, I basically was, like, holding on to anger for, like, the past 15 years. And I kind of just, like, I just, like, went off. I was like, you did this, this, and this to me. And then, like, afterwards, I was like, she doesn't remember (laughs) doing those Mm. things. Like, just getting mad at her and screaming at her wasn't going to solve anything or change her mind. Or, like, maybe she feels a little guilty, but, like, what what do any of us yeah, what does it that? actually do right um, it, yeah no you're right i don't know it felt good in the moment but it didn't really accomplish anything that's why like and i'm sure there's a way and i just have to learn how to practice it like there's got to be a way to just take that all in think all those emotions and then just like fucking release it you know not at the person because that could do more harm than good sometimes but just release it out in the world and let go of it forever like a little tell me when you know what it is <laughs> sounds like um you, Sarah, you should journal <laughs> i've tried i can't journal i like journaling but my hand always gets like starts to hurt and then i'm like <laughs> my, like my thoughts are too fast for my hands and then i feel like i'm in vampire diaries i'm like wow she can write really fast <laughs> with good handwriting yeah. yeah no i feel you and then I've i journaled in the past but then i get nervous i'm like oh what if i die like randomly and now someone's gonna find my journal and there's some shit in there that could get some people arrested like for sure yes for sure exactly. <laughs> never write about i mean i don't want to say never but be careful when you're writing about shit that you did that can get someone else in trouble yeah no, when you're you right. were younger mm. and they weren't <laughs> and yeah and they were not young I always just like journaling I look at it and then I like I've done it on the computer before and then I just delete it after because mm-hmm. I look at it too long I get too sad and I'm like well this is depressing remember during quarantine I was like I'm writing a book and then I wrote like I literally wrote like multiple chapters of like oh did you not like of a job. book but it was like a memoir type of like it was just like yeah. a nice way to write it's like you write because I feel like when you're journaling 
you're writing from your perspective and you're assuming whoever is reading it or whatever knows everyone but if you write like no one knows it like also helps you piece things together that makes sense did i make it in or did you not get that far i didn't get that far i made it to like 2008 (laughs) a lot of years to go through and then i went through like trauma i went through like every single guy that i ever hooked up with and like all the shit that like the trauma that that put me through and then i was like oh no Oh my goodness. It was very traumatic. Yeah, that's just like a re-traumatization. <laughs> it was, but it also was like, it was like a connecting the dots. Like you see similarities, mm-hmm. you see patterns that you did, or like like uh, different types of guys that you would go for, or at least for me. Sure. But yeah, so. Basically, we're all fucked up. Basically, we're all fucked up. And now it's time for you guys to listen to our guest. <laughs> So be nice to people. (laughs) What's up, everybody? (laughs) What up, Ava? (laughs) How is everyone? Good. Welcome. Welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I guess we can start off with, like, introduce yourself. Who are you? Uh, my name is Teresa, and I I cook. I'm a cook, and I care about women's reproductive health and like doing food creativity and just being in that space. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And so you're based in Philly now, but where are you yes. originally from? So I'm originally from Fairfax, Virginia, so near DC, and then I moved to Statesboro, Georgia, when I was like 11, and then came to New York 2018. Oh, and I nice. lived in Brooklyn. Yeah. Nice, nice. Tell us about your journey with food and social media and like how you Mm. combined the two. And like where did Veggie Mom Club, which is your Instagram handle, Mm. come about? (laughs) Um, uh, It came like two years ago. So 2018. So before I moved to New York, um, I started this Instagram called Make It Vegan. And it was like making a bunch of like typical, like traditional, like non-vegan meals vegan. And just having this Instagram of food and just like documenting that and just like having fun with it. Like it just kind of not meaning anything and like just being passionate about food and nutrition, but you know, just kind of just having fun. And when I moved here, I started getting involved in like learning about farming and sustainability and like what that means, like with composting and just being more knowledgeable and like with soil and just like wanting to know where food comes from. And I changed it to Veggie Mom Club, like when I was working with this farm share program called Fresh Food Box, because I would always leave with like bags of produce in my arms. I remember seeing Instagrams of you. <laughs> you I was like, what is she doing? <laughs> just holding bags of vegetables. So and cute. I thought it would be cute. And I'm like, oh, this is cute. I'm just going to change it to Veggie Mom Club. Just like whatever, like no yeah. anything tied to it. And at the time I was just like finishing up um, health coach training. And knew I wanted to be a health coach, knew I still wanted to um, pursue nutrition and just like work with people. But that's really how it came about. It's just the, just a silly name. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Did you grow up in a food centric household? I did. So I grew up, my mom would always cook dinner and like we'd always like throw dinner parties. My mom just like loves cooking everything. Like every Friday night, we would always have like Bible study. And so, because I grew up like Seventh Day Adventist, and so it's like a lot of vegetarian-centered meals. But my mom would always like make like meat, like meat and stuff. But like, kind of growing up knowing like both like diets, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, like every Friday night, we just have a bunch of people over and like my parents would like have Bible study and like I would set the table and like it would just always be like a thing. I don't know. It's just something about being together and just like as like a, like a communal thing, which is always nice to me. And, like setting the table is my favorite thing to do. Yeah. I, and love, just, I feel like that's always the daughter's job. <laughs> I, I, oh my God. I know. It's uh, my dad's like, set the table. I was like, yeah. okay. Like, okay. But yeah, it's just like. <laughs> But it's always been that way. My mom just loves to cook. And, it, you know, even with her growing up, she learned how to cook at a young age and had to, like, help take care of her siblings. And, yeah, I kind of rubbed off. Thank God. <laughs> right? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yes. So you started a gratitude food series called mm-hmm. Leftovers um, that you describe as telling stories, eating stories, and the remnants left behind, which I think is a beautiful way to explore food and culture. So mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I came up with the idea in June um, after just like always being inspired by deconstructed plates and like it's not a new thing, you know, like photographers take photos of like food that's, you know, left over and, you know, ugly and gross, you know, after a dinner party, whatever, but it's just it's such a beautiful thing and I think it's a cool way to showcase like who someone is um, mm-hmm. by the meals that they make how they, you know, leave things left on the plate and just, you know, are able to kind of just like share themselves through, you know, like their meal and where it came from. Um, And I wanted to use my friends and like people who inspired me in my life at that time, like during such a really like the height of just so much uncertainty and so much just like chaos. Um, People who I knew that were doing really cool things in the midst of all of that and like really sticking together and like because everything was so uncertain it's like we all were kind of like forced to go inward and kind of crave things that we grew up with Mm -hmm. and definitely and so it's like I noticed that trend with a lot of people I'm like I would just like want to document that and yeah that's really how that happened and like we started I met with the photographer Brianna um maybe like the same month and like she shot photos for my website and I brought this up to her and I was like hey like I have this idea like do you want to shoot it and she was like I'd love to and she like connected me to this brand and it was supposed to be something else mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a whole series for this huge brand and but then like last minute like that didn't happen and so um it we released it in October and it just like I found another brand to work with me and it's just I love how everything kind of turned out yeah it's, it's so beautiful awesome. Thank you. Did you get to try some like new dishes from that project? All of them. Every single one of them. It was so great. So we shot my boyfriend and um, his two best friends first in Philly, and it was just, it was just really good food. <laughs> and also, everyone was really drunk at the same time. Because... Girl, we got our wine. <laughs> it was. Oh my god! It was just like typical, like <laughs> like vodka and just. But it was great because they're all really great cooks. And, like, they were the ones who first inspired me for the project because um, my boyfriend, Yuri, he went to Philly because he's finishing school. And he came to Philly when quarantine hit so that he wouldn't be alone because he's, like, by himself in school. And so he came here. And it's, like, they all, like, culturally it's normal to eat together and do everything together. It's, like, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, they're always, like, eating together. And, like, I love that because you don't really see that especially yeah. in like guys and especially like young guys too like yeah most guys McDonald's. in their 20s can't cook right and it's like they take they have such a like close attention to the quality of their food and where they get it from and just it's just nice and so it the food was great 
every single one everyone was great yeah what do you hope that like your viewers and followers take away from it you know it's like in these posts it's like I'm, I'm sharing like yeah this is who they are what they do but also sharing that there's more than that there's more you're more than who you are than like you know what you do it's like your personality and like certain things that you don't normally see on a, day, on a daily basis because you know on, like for face value nothing is really what it seems mm-hmm. you know and it's like every single person has a story behind why they do something and like what something like is meaningful to them and I just wanted to show that and so I hope to take away that you know just to like dig a little deeper Mm. and um to ask questions yeah I feel like everyone's made up of all these little parts that no one really realizes on the mm-hmm. outside and I think food is such a good way to explore all those little parts yeah for sure absolutely oh that's yeah because Sarah you eat you you Sarah grew up in a Persian household so like mm. Sarah you eat a ton of Persian food so yes and <laughs> yeah. we are very similar in that way like you were describing your boyfriend mm-hmm. and even your mom like food is was about coming together as friends and as family and everything was family style. Like mm-hmm. I just think food is such an important part of getting to know your friends and your loved ones. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why I love wine as well, because it does that <laughs> in a sense. It just brings people together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask you too, like being part of this world and, you know, having food be so important to your whole being and, and something that's really positive in your life. Is there any advice that you might give to somebody who maybe doesn't have the best relationship with food doesn't have the most balanced relationship and and is there a way we can kind of change our perspective on our food to move towards the sense of gratitude that you're describing yeah I've been just thinking about that subject for a long time because Mm -hmm. like it's affected me a lot throughout the years of just like my issues with food as a teenager and like needing control and that sort of thing Um, and I feel like it's kind of an ongoing process but the biggest I I guess theme would be to not look at food as good or bad um it's like I'm still learning how to like change my vocabulary when talking about like like for instance like fried food it's like oh yeah I ate really bad today so I'm gonna like make sure I eat better it's like okay but why is that food bad mm-hmm. you know is it just like unhealthier but like I think the stigma of just like saying something is good or bad especially and it kind of digs, digs deeper to like culturally too and like oh, what's yeah. considered good like you know good for your body and bad for your body and like wanting to change that and like how for instance like the Mediterranean diet is deemed as the healthiest you know um yeah diet for our bodies but if you are you know located in a different part of the world that you're not going to have access to those vegetables and so it's like eating food that's natural to you and food that's more like in your native land is better for your body so it's just like I think it would be just to look more inward and just figure out like what works best for you and to just take it slow. Mm. Oh, I love that. And also like you mentioned, you might not have access to the food because of your location, but like mm-hmm. even just like financially, yeah, vegetables are fucking expensive. Like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. You know, it's a problem. We need to, yeah. our whole country suffers from this, like how we think yeah. about food and price food. And yeah, I've always, I try to, uh, live that kind of lifestyle thinking okay this isn't good or bad for me like I want Mm -hmm. it right now that's okay and trying to speak to yourself in a different way and and Mm -hmm. don't punish yourself for eating something that's quote-unquote bad Mm -hmm. and also I don't know if you do this but I try not to think as food of food as like a reward for other good behavior too like food is fuel for us right like you don't need to work out 
to eat. Right. Exactly. Which yeah. I think is what so many people think. Like, oh, well, I worked out today, so I can eat this. It's like, yeah, like no, I deserve you, this. You yeah, can eat right. that because you want to eat it. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. You know? And I was going to say, even too much of a good thing isn't great for your body. Right. You know? So it's just really about just finding that that happy medium that works for you mm-hmm. and trying, you know, just doing your best, honestly, is what I have to say. And like listening totally. to your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we all, like you were saying, um, of course, we all have different access to food, but we all have different needs and our bodies need different nutrients. Right. So. Exactly. Um, also, wait, are you vegan or are you just vegetarian oh, yeah. vegan? Well, I used to be vegan. And okay. then I was kind of like exploring that. And when I went vegan, I did it for like a, another purpose to help heal a certain like disorder that I had. And it worked. Oh. It worked. <laughs> like it worked. <laughs> And it's like I had endometriosis and it's like you never really fully get rid of it. But it's like I changed my diet for that. And I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And I turned into one of those really annoying vegans where I was like eating animals is cruel and this and that. Like nothing against that. But it's like I was just kind of like beating people over the head with like (laughs) this vegan Bible. But like moving to New York, I was like exploring. (laughs) I was in it. And I'm just like, this is not working because you're pushing people away when you're – yeah. And so I wanted to explore, like during my health coach training, I, you know, you have to be well-rounded, of course, and you're dealing with people. And so you're, you're not a therapist, but you're, you're listening to people, you're having to talk to them and, you know, meet them where they're at. And it's like, not everyone's going to be vegan. Like, it's not realistic. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to explore for myself, like when I was working with these like farms and everything and eating this food, it was, I was eating meat too. And, but it was just better quality food. And it's like, okay, I wasn't having the same symptoms as I was before. That's so and crazy. I was, yeah. And so I'm just like, okay, so maybe it isn't just cut out all meat, cut out all dairy, cut out all this. Maybe it's the quality of food. And then I was also exercising. I was just a lot happier. I felt better. And so I'm like, there's a lot of different contributing factors versus just one thing, like your diet. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I just, that's why I stopped being vegan. So I'm like, I want to be able to eat cheese and like explore and just like have that process of being human without putting myself in a box and missing out of like just I just like learning so yeah and it sounds like you learned that balance that you were just speaking Mm -hmm. about that's so important and so then you started your catering business yeah so I started so I started the dinners first and so so I started it was six month like really fast nutrition program and I graduated I think in February and so before before graduation, I was like, okay, I want to be able to like launch myself as a health coach before this, like, let people know who I am before I graduate to hopefully get things started. And I'm like, what better way than to have dinners and to feed people? Um, it just seems fair, you know, <laughs> and like where I was working my job, it's like we would always have leftover food all the time and we would donate to different organizations or like in my case, like students, because my, my site was at a school um but even then it wasn't enough like we'd have leftover squash a bunch of like root vegetables and it was more than I can eat so I would use that food to prepare like my menus and like the dinners with and um yeah like I had maybe three or four of them or three of them before I was asked to cater and then like that's kind of like where the business like went into it's just like catering which was not the (laughs) idea at all (laughs) But I was like, this is great. I love it. This feels really good. And I got to be creative and I got to like meet people and just like see people be happy. And so, yeah, yeah that's yeah. really what that turned into. I love I that. Like- I'd love to join one of those community dinners one time. Yeah, I, was like, I miss it. I want to have more. <laughs> I can't wait. There's like really nothing can't. better than cooking for someone. 
Oh my gosh. I mean, unless you don't like cooking, but like. <laughs> right, no, exactly. If you hate it, then it's like, don't do it because it's not, you're not going to, you taste the love mm-hmm. and just like you can taste the, I don't want to do this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. I love cooking and I love like watching people take the first few bites of something you made specifically for them. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I just like bringing people to, I just like bringing people in us like together. I think I just like orchestrating that. Yeah. And of course, like having the meals, like the beauty, but like just bringing people in, it just feels good. It reminds she's me of when a, I was a kid. She's a people person. I am sometimes. Wait, <laughs> horoscope. Yeah, wait, what's your sign? Aquarius. Oh. oh she's <laughs> a people person. I don't know anything about Aquarius. Aquarius? Aquarii? My Aquarius. something is my rising, I think. <laughs> I don't know. She's full of water signs. Like, nice. Really. So transitioning a little bit while we're talking about health. So you also work in like the women's reproductive health space. Um, how exactly did you get there? If you haven't already said so already. <laughs> so it's still a process. Mm-hmm. It's still a process. Right now I've connected with one fertility clinic and we were supposed to be working on like programs. And so like a part of like for me for health coaching is working with women or anyone who has, you know, period issues that um, need help with diet or lifestyle, but like who have endometriosis, who have fibroids, who have, you know, issues with PMS and coming up with a program that's specific to them and their needs and their lifestyle. And so that's kind of like where I am is like developing that because before I was just focusing mainly on, you know, catering and food mm-hmm. and that's an aspect of veggie mom, but kind of the main role is just to like also, um, have like starting conversations and just like talking about our bodies without it being weird or right. deemed as weird and just like right now like working on a project that kind of is all about speaking up on what we deal with and what people who bleed deal with and I think right now my purpose in all of this with especially with this pandemic and still building like clientele is to use food and creativity and everything that I've done this past year to showcase my love for health and like reproductive health. Mm-hmm. So how exactly can food relate back to your reproductive health? So it's like, you know, you're, you're, you need vitamins and minerals and, right. and especially for us, like we need a, a certain things like vitamin D and A and essential fatty acids and just, we need like magnesium and zinc and things. And so it's like eating those foods that kind of aid in the health of our reproductive organs is Mm -hmm. what's gonna make a difference um because you know having a lack of vitamin d affects depression it can affect everything our hormones yeah we asked our instagram followers Mm -hmm. if they had any questions for someone like you and one of them was like what's your take on taking vitamin d in the especially in the winter time and just Mm -hmm. overall health like are you pro I'm definitely pro. I'm also, pro, I'm really pro eating a well-balanced diet, like eating those vitamins. Mm-hmm. Of course. But I definitely think it's getting a supplement, especially in the winter when it's darker, mm-hmm. is necessary because we I need that for our brain. I started taking vitamin D, which I've never yeah. done before, but I live in Vermont, so we get, Oh yeah. you know, no sun in the wintertime. It's yeah. limited out here. And I was How telling you- Ava last week that I read this weird study about COVID cases that like of 200 cases um, they interviewed people and 80% of them had a vitamin D deficiency. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's maybe like just one piece, but it just made me think like, okay, maybe this is something I should be taking during the winter. And um, I added it to my supplement like, that's list. That's awesome. How right, do you it, feel? Could, it couldn't hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel a little bit more energized. Mm-hmm. Feel, you know, I don't know if mm-hmm. that's normal, but <laughs> it should. <laughs> okay, yeah. Does yeah. it affect your mood or are you just, it does. More, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It all, cause it affects your hormones and it affects your immune system. 
but yeah it's like um it, it's a mood stabilizer yeah mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. yeah i never knew that <laughs> the more you know it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> Well, you were speaking about how you kind of started this whole journey because of your endometriosis. And I know Mm -hmm. that a lot of women, you know, they use food to help with hormonal balances or periods or conceiving. Um, If you're comfortable, do you mind telling Mm -hmm. us a little bit about your journey with that and how Mm -hmm. you kind of became to began to understand, you know, the relationship that food plays in your, um, is it an autoimmune disorder? I'm sorry. I don't know that. No, it's just like a... Fertility I don't want to call slash it a reproductive. No, like, it's just like a health. <laughs> yeah, it's really just like a, a uterus, <laughs> a uterus problem, man. <laughs> um, it's a, a lot, lot of people of women are affected. It, mm-hmm. yeah. And um, but yeah, it just that's with endometriosis or just like with food in general. In general, I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people suffer from different hormonal imbalances mm-hmm. or you know, problems getting their period or mm-hmm. having too heavy of a flow, um, you know, not being able to Or they to think conceive. they think it's normal. Yeah. yeah. Like there are people who have like super, super heavy periods or super light yeah. periods and they think that that's, an, that's just, oh, well, it's always been that way. But like there could yeah. be a reason that like, mm-hmm. and you could be in less pain if you maybe explored your food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that really started, I think when I was 16 or 17 or 16 years old, um, when I was having really bad pain and I was just like begging my parents, let me get on birth control because I'm like, I found that this could help. And so I did that too. Me. And all it did was make me gain weight. <laughs> and it was just so crazy. It's so crazy. Like I, it helped, but it wasn't taking care of the problem. Mm-hmm, it right. was just kind of like masking the symptoms it and like making it a little easier, but it's still. Yeah, it's like it's still existing. And it's like, that's kind of creepy to think about. And so, like, you know, every year I would have to go to, you know, my gynecologist to get a checkup to make sure everything was fine. And then also to get a new prescription of birth control. And I was like on a low dose. And I was like, uh, I think I was 21 when I decided not to be on it anymore. But it was like this certain doctor's visit that really just made me feel like I don't like being told that I can't take care of myself Mm -hmm. or that I can't get rid of anything or just kind of like feeling like my power is being taken away from me. Uh, My doctor was just telling me like, you need to make sure you, you know, eat like 10 cups of yogurt a day and like have this many cups of milk, very pro like dairy to get vitamin D. And she was very old school doctor Mm. and like she had breast cancer and like beat it and was, you know, saying that, you know, she beat it because of like vitamin D and stuff, which I'm not knocking at all. But I was like, there's different ways to get that. And like, I don't agree with that. And just kind of just going back and forth about like different like diet plans and just telling me like what I need to do without really like talking to me or like even seeing where my beliefs are. It was was more clinical. Yeah, it was. And it was just very like, oh, you're, you have a family history of cancer. So, you know, watch out for this and watch out for that. And like at the time, like I had so many cysts in my breast because of like endometriosis and they're gone now, which is awesome. But I had so many cysts and it was like, they're like, oh yeah, you can't get rid of it, but watch out because it could turn into cancer. It's like, thank you. And then, and then that just makes you, that just makes you anxious and that's not going to help anything. No, I literally left and I was crying on a bench and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to help me? I feel even more out of control and I don't have a say in what, what I can do for my body. And so I really just, but like, but even like digging deeper, it was like, I had an eating disorder when I was 14 and so I was very restrictive and then that lasted for a year but then it's like that's when my love for food and like the science behind food like came about 
-hmm. and just seeing how I felt like, you know, coming from a family that did have family dinners all the time, like eating well Mm -hmm. and then not eating well because it was, you know, me and then eating well again and kind of seeing like how I feel like in waves and being like, wow. So like an avocado, this is doing this for my skin. Like literally my, my hair was falling out. Like my eyes were pale. Every, I just, I was pale. Mm -hmm. I was tired all the time. And then I started incorporating like foods back into my diet that I like wouldn't eat anymore or whatever. And just like having this new love for food and just seeing how I felt. And I was like, wow. And like doing research about like what this like, you know, micronutrient it does to your body and how that like, you know, translates yeah. and how our body is kind of, you know, it's just, it's just beautiful. Mm. And like on a like, molecular level, and I'm just like, wow, this is awesome. And I want to pursue this more, but um, it's like, I, and only for, for me to beat, you know, being anorexic or, you know, whatever I want to, you know, whatever you want to call it to beat that. Um, I kind of just like, disregarded all health you know concerns I'm like if I'm going to get better I need to not think about dieting I need to not think about is this good or bad you know yeah, mm-hmm. um and I would eat junk food I would eat whatever but I had really bad cramps because I was eating junk food and whatever I wanted versus mm-hmm. like thinking a little bit more but also you know you're 16 but still so it's like I changed my diet that wasn't already that wasn't that bad but I changed it because of the pain that I was having because of how I was eating so it's kind of like a weird push and pull like back and forth it's like okay you want to be healthy so we're gonna just you know eat everything Mm -hmm. you know and just you know but then also this is also hurting you so you still have to figure out a good balance to like get back does that make sense no totally yeah so it's like yeah and and I was just gonna say I don't think you're alone in in feeling kind of alienated from a doctor or feeling confused after I leave almost every single doctor's appointment crying so A lot of people have those Yeah. And like, I do think it's important to, you know, listen to a trusted doctor that you, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a good relationship with. But Mm -hmm. um, do you follow Sarah's Day on Instagram or YouTube? She's an Australian, like, holistic health YouTuber. She's awesome. But she had a very similar experience where Mm -hmm. she, um, she lost her period because she was, like, training all the time and just Mm -hmm. eating really, really healthy and basically, I don't know what the medical term is, but she was she had cysts on her ovaries and her doctor mm-hmm. was trying to push her towards medication. And she was like, you know, I really feel like mm-hmm. I can do this. Like, I, I understand. Like, don't try this at home unless you're, you know, educated in it. But she understood her relationship with food and how those nutrients work. And she cured it. And she mm-hmm. was able to have her first baby. And like, it was That's you know, amazing. amazing. I feel like so many people don't understand the mental part with like, food disorders like eating disorders they yeah. think it's like oh why don't you just do this and it's like there's so many other yeah. things like whether you're super super skinny or you're like fat like you know what I mean like mm-hmm. it's just I don't know it's just not as easy as everyone thinks exactly it's, it's not black and white it's complicated and it's like yes there there's such a power to food there is a power to food and it does heal but I also feel like it's just it's it's more mm-hmm. than that you know right yeah um, totally. I wanted to ask you too because you were talking about how you originally were on birth control for many years. We did have mm-hmm. another listener question um, asking, and and I don't know what your knowledge is with this, but if you feel comfortable, can you maybe discuss your opinion or uh, the difference between the copper IUD and the non-copper mm-hmm. IUD, and then overall just your opinion on the implant? Um, and for people who don't know, those are some birth control options besides the pill that you know some people are looking into. I personally have the implant, so I'd be mm-hmm. curious see what you think 
I was, I'm still looking into getting the IUD. Um, but I know for, if you have endometriosis, the copper mm-hmm. ID is horrible for you. So basically, really? yeah. So it's going to basically cause inflammation in your uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also like what kills like the sperm. And so it keeps you from getting pregnant. And so from what my understanding and from talking to my doctors and everything, it's like, it's, it can cause more good. <laughs> I mean, it cause more harm than good. Uh, if you do have like pre-existing issues, but if you don't, it's a great alternative. Um, I know a few people who had bad experiences, but they were allergic to copper. And oh, so I, that's yeah. not something I would ever think about. Right. And so my worry is, are our doctors testing women before, you know, mm-hmm. giving them this? Because can you my imagine friend, having an allergic, died. Yeah, I was about to say an allergic reaction mm-hmm. of something inside of your body. Right. And she was sick for a year. And she wow. really could have died. And now she has like an immune disorder because of that. I hope she sued. <laughs> I think she's in the process of doing so, but it's just, yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, you really have to do your research with this stuff and like yeah. make sure you know what's right for your body. Yikes. Yeah. And, and there's different levels of hormones. So of course, copper doesn't have hormones, which is great. But there's other brands that have like a three, three year, you know, listing or five year and like there's different levels of hormones. So and it's also great because there's progesterone inside and not estrogen. And so that can also cause a lot of like the moodiness and like the the mental health issues, which is my concern. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people will, will neglect their mental health for their physical health mm-hmm. when both are like equally important. Yeah, um, exactly. When I was, I met with a gynecologist a few months ago because I was looking into getting an IUD, and I was just saying like my mental health is more important to me. <laughs> of course, like I don't want to get pregnant anytime soon. You're like sorry, but, <laughs> but like my mental health. Sorry, like I, I don't play with that because I that was an issue for a minute when I was on birth control. Like what good? Is, off. What good is your mm-hmm. physical health if your mental health is shit? Like 100%. your brain's your brain's an organ. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So kind of related to that in mental health and physical mm-hmm. health, um, I don't know about you, but my Instagram is filled with like dieting and weight loss stuff, even mm-hmm. though I, if you follow my mm-hmm. Instagram, that's not anything I'm about. Um, mm-hmm. Like, so how do you think that this type of culture is affecting our mental health? Just like all those posts about before and after photos and calorie counting posts, like. I think it can go in two directions. On one hand, I'm like, okay, good, good for you, you know, that you're, you know, doing this for yourself, possibly, you know, whatever, whatever the issue, whatever the reason is, like, you know, good for you. But also, it's just like right now in this climate, it's like this idea of something else that we have to fix. Mm. It's like you have to fix something else. It's just more pressure for us. And, and especially if you're still like dealing, you know, with trying to just be well and figuring out what that means to you it just adds more pressure to you and like something else that you have to like fix and take care of and that you're broken in some way yeah so what advice for the people who do feel broken in terms of like their relationship with food like how if but did they want to learn about it but they're afraid to or like they're and there's people with eating disorders who are afraid to start cooking because then they start thinking about everything that's in it and that is just a whole spiraling thing Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. would, what advice would you have for them? Same thing as I would do with anything is just like take it mm. slow and just think about what, why you're doing this and like why it's important to you. And to just think about how this makes you mm-hmm. feel, you know, how to start, like find your favorite food or find, just trying to find some comfort in what you're doing and like one reason why. 
and to not, you know, try not to, it's hard to say, but like try not to overthink it yeah, too much. Absolutely. You know, I have to say, I am so proud of you. Like that's so amazing that yeah, you overcame this, this eating disorder and now look at what you do and you're an advocate for healthy food being like a good part of your life. It's just, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank oh, you. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so we wanted to have you on the, on the pod. Ah, thank you. Proud of you guys too. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I have a question that's kind of random, but relating back to vegan eating, um, I know Ava and I have had conversations about cutting out some dairy in our life. And another listener actually had a similar question relating to dairy and specifically to how it kind of affects your skin. Uh, and clearly my skin is going through it right now. And I just, I want to know, like, do you think there's a real relation between dairy and good skin versus bad skin? Or have you uh, read any research related to that? For me, I really think it goes back to your genetics, okay. honestly. And also like where you're from. And like, for instance, like my boyfriend, like he, they, he'll drink milk because his family drinks milk. It's just like a norm drinking milk. Yeah. And like his skin is fine and boys here (laughs) but I also think like for hormones like for us I feel like I break out more when it's closer to my periods and I crave but it's also like also like what kind of cheese I'm eating too oh because like I don't always break up it's a breakout it's like if I get like kind of cheaper like fast food cheese or whatever that may not be like the best quality then yeah I probably I will break out or I get like a rash or something um but if I'm eating like really quality um like food and like dairy like it doesn't affect me and I also notice I don't really crave as much either it's like the portions that I want it's like the quality food and of course this is like a privilege and you know to be able to like afford this but like and I again why I think you know good quality food should be more accessible and affordable but it's like um, with cheaper food, you're not being satisfied. You want more and more and more of it. It's like when something is great and like it's quality. It you're fills not you gonna, up. It fills you up and you're not going to really want too much of it. And it's just like I feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good. And I think that also has like a, a thing to do with it. But I do think it just depends on your hormone levels because we are ingesting hormones, right. whether we like it or not. And so that can affect you. So if you are sensitive, it can affect you. I think it just depends on you and like if you get a blood test to see like where your levels are at. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That is so true. I definitely find when I'm eating well, I don't really crave too much unhealthy food. Mm-hmm. And I also like don't need to eat as much just naturally. I don't try mm-hmm. to eat less, but it happens. Isn't it like a yeah. thing where like uh, what's the thing with like forming a habit? It's like yeah. takes a certain amount of time. So like if you stop eating. Days, most I think. Of, yeah. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 21 days. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I did. I had to do yeah. that with hot Cheetos. <laughs> like, okay. I'll, I'll see you in like. I had, I had to kick it. I had to. Kick I know it. they taste real good going in, but they don't feel so good coming. Um, no, they do not. My Jewish. How is it now? My Jewish oh. stomach cannot handle them. It hurts so good. <laughs> How do you feel now? How is it now? Do like, you still crave it or like? You know, I don't. I had them a couple weeks ago and honestly i was mm-hmm. really turned off by them i without i mean like they were it was like the first couple bites were good and then i was like i really don't want the rest of this bag like i'm done i'm good yeah, yeah. you got a taste you mm-hmm. got what you needed yeah. yeah whereas before i'd be like oh my god i, I can eat this whole bag <laughs> right mm-hmm. with, some, with some lime juice yeah it could be oh my god. <laughs> and it's funny because your taste buds probably change mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. Guys, I'm hungry. It's interesting. Science is crazy. Me too. It's, it's so crazy. So, I love you too. <laughs> speaking of which, <laughs> do you have a go-to recipe that's specifically for comfort food? That was another yes. listener question. Do tell. Oh, man. Okay. Well, my childhood favorite meal has always been like cheeseburgers. Mm. <laughs> that's always a comfort for me. It's a good burger. Mm. It's a good burger. It has all the elements. Um, Everything's there. A side of a beer. Like I want like that's just my thing. Like a beer, burger, and fries. Like that's just a like, comfort Simple meal. <laughs> my last my last meal would be a burger, fry, and beer. But like wow. I also really like spinach pies, all of them. Huh. Any and all of them. Ooh, your your spanakopita looked real good. Was that last night? Yeah. I saw you yes. posted. I was like, mm. <laughs> You're like you're like thinking about it. You're like, mm, yeah. <laughs> man. <laughs> we roasted some tomatoes and garlic. Yum. It was so good. Wait, speaking of but beer, yeah. though, because our little, like, mm-hmm. slogan, I guess you could call it, we always say, pour mm-hmm. some wine, light a joint, or mm-hmm. don't. Like, if you want to be sober, mm-hmm. be sober. But, you know, mm-hmm. we indulge in, in those things here and then. Mm-hmm. Do you have any comments on, like, alcohol or weed and how that can affect your health and your overall well-being? I'm... So I grew up in a very kind of strict Seventh-day Adventist home, you know, with like no pork, no, you know, jewelry. I didn't get my ears pierced until I like left college. I was 18. Yeah. And it's just like learning as we all do when we leave home, but learn like unpacking things that you grew up with and like, again, putting things in category, what's good and what's bad. And what does that even mean? And who's saying this and like Mm -hmm. what? And I feel like we put more pressure on, you know, figuring out what's bad and what's good and that kind of messes up our health more than the actual thing for sure and it's just like i didn't i mean i didn't start really drinking until like a year or two ago oh really and it's just yeah just because i've always been against it i'm like i'm not gonna drink how old are you now i'm 26 okay oh i'm 26 i thought you were a baby no Kind of. Well, I feel we're like, 20 well, I mean, I you, have youth, you have a youthful. <laughs> oh my <blog>. gosh! <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, we're twenty five. Like, I'm a grandma. I thought you were like twenty three. I don't know why. That's okay. She's I'll just let you. Glowing. I'll let you think that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, keep we'll keep it that way. I like my age. It's whatever. Yeah, who cares? Mm-hmm. And nowadays, like, really, who cares? But yeah, you definitely don't need to drink or do any of that to like live a good life. I was just curious. I for for weed though, I was always against weed for a long time because of like my family history and like being adopted and like both parents like having like severe mental health issues, mm-hmm. and my anxiety and fear is like okay if I smoke I'm gonna be like them it's just gonna like something's gonna break and I'm it's gonna happen yeah. and it's like even though yes that is potential like with anything but I also kind of just like wanted again to explore that for myself and like. Just see how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know so what interesting because I, mean? I have addiction in my family, and my dad actually stopped drinking, and, but he smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> like it, like it's not like he replaced it, but like it really helps. Like people who mm-hmm. need, they need. There's people just with minds like that who like need mm-hmm. something to relax them, and I'd rather mm-hmm. they smoke weed than drink. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and I just, I again, like I just feel like people just need to figure out what works for them. Mm-hmm. 
and just do that because again like it, this might be a little like contradicting for me to say but it's like there's people you know who smoke until they're like 90 and they live until they're 90 mm-hmm. whatever and it's like I just think it really just depends on you and like stress kills faster and more than anything else and like even though it's good to take care of yourself of course I also just think it's just important to mind your business yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just to have like a better like relationship with yourself and seeing how you feel like some weed doesn't always work well for me but like there's certain there's certain strands that work great I'm like wow this is awesome sometimes I'm like really anxious sometimes I'm like wow I feel amazing and it's fine I used to be the type of person and I'm still kind of in and I need to stop where it's like someone tells me they don't like weed or like I'll be like oh well you just haven't found the right strain and I Mm -hmm. need to just learn that like it's not for everybody like even if it's for me Mm because I much prefer smoking to drinking I barely drank I was joking with Sarah that my wine glasses had dust on them because I literally <laughs> haven't drank since <laughs> in months, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I think just letting people do their own shit if yeah. it's not mm-hmm. if they're not hurting themselves or other people, like right. That's the yeah, thing. And, just figure it and out. like with food and finding that balance, like of course, overusing anything is never a good thing. But mm-hmm. you know, if it's helping you, not hurting anybody, I see. Yeah, with it. I like your, your mind yeah. your business. <laughs> honestly that's my saying for everything <laughs> i haven't smoked in a few days because i've been out of weed and like i'm not gonna say it's been nice because i definitely <laughs> would like to have some but it is like a different it's a different type of mindset that you're in i don't know we'll see how it goes <laughs> good luck nice yeah, like being sober or just well i'm having some wine right now but like oh okay but i would like wake up and i would smoke in the morning and then i mm-hmm. would like do whatever i did during the day and then i'd smoke in the mm-hmm. afternoon and then i would smoke mm-hmm. a little bit before bed and like mm-hmm I don't know. It's just a different. I'm. I thought I wasn't gonna sleep, but I am sleeping. So good, nice. That's good. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's just exploring. It's just exploring yourself, honestly. Everything. I think once. Yeah. I think there's this girl I follow on Twitter who like takes break from weed, and she was just saying like, if you start doing something because like you should never smoke when you're sad. Mm. that's mm, what I'm trying that. not to do they say you because, should never drink when mm. you're sad too yeah you should never mm-hmm. do things like do your vices when you're sad right. because then it becomes a pattern and a and a mm. crutch and like a coping mechanism mm. and then it just becomes an unhealthy situation so I'm trying to be more mindful with my substances nice <laughs> I'm trying to think have I ever like felt with that like dealt with that well a lot of people do that with know. food too you know they'll binge yeah. eat that, or that eat. is my thing yeah, it's like when I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. It's just like food is just, I don't know, if I'm feeling like inspired or sensual, I right. want to make something that reflects that right. and eat it. You know, it's like. Your food is so sexy. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She's like, I try. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm comfortable, like I can cook. If I'm not comfortable, like my kitchen, I was telling Ava, I was like this whole pandemic, like I started cooking a lot and then like, I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I can't do it. Mm. Yeah. If my kitchen isn't, if it doesn't feel right, I'm not cooking. <laughs> and that's okay. It's true though. And it's, yeah. it sucks though when people have food, and I can relate to this, but like as a crutch, because you need it to nourish yeah. your body. Yes. It's not like you can just quit eating food. That's so true. Right. It's like, yeah. it's a fucked up dynamic for sure. Yeah. And even just making it, just, just the, the act of just like slowing, like the slow food mm-hmm. and slow cooking. Is something that's like really important to me, and slow eating, and like using my hands. You know, like yes. cherishing every bite and really tasting it. I think really helps. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying not to eat while I watch TV. Mm-hmm. 
because mm. mm-hmm. if I'm like eating and I'm not tasting it I'm not focusing on like how good that food is that I just made because that shit's yeah. bomb but I- <laughs> right it's like damn it's gone I'm okay too busy, I'm too busy <laughs> watching um misfits yeah <laughs> oh, my oh my god yeah we can talk later <laughs> <laughs> we talked about it in our little like intro thing we so. did Instagram questions. Oh, what is something you would like to see changed in healthcare? That's a big question. It's a loaded question. I want, I want to see conversations, mm-hmm. actual conversations. And I know it's like, again, another perspective to, I'm not a doctor mm-hmm. and I know they're limited with time and everything. It's a crunch and they have a lot of patients and everything, but I just think taking that one step, like just being a little bit slower with learning about your patient is going to make a big difference. That's what the like, holistic like mindset is, right? Exactly. It's like listening to this person okay. and like not just talking at them, but talking to them and kind of letting them come to their own conclusions about themselves and what they feel and what they need to work on and just like building that that narrative between like that person and like themselves and like just promoting more like like advocating for yourself Mm -hmm. yes but I just wish that we would I guess healthcare I just wish that we had more of accessibility for one to even see a doctor and afford one but just to just to be able to like talk to your doctor and not being afraid Mm -hmm. and not feel like okay I'm going to tell this person this and they're going to prescribe me a pill and it's going to cause even more issues Mm -hmm. or not but still. Or, like, make it seem like it's your fault that you have this problem or, like – Yes, and blaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a there, big thing, too. There's quite a bit of judgment I found in healthcare. Um, I remember I was at yes. a doctor's office one time. We were, like, talking about something, and I just started crying, and she was like, why are you crying? And I was like, because it's a sensitive subject, and you're upsetting me. <laughs> like, Yeah. And, and it sucks exactly. to have to, like, go through multiple doctors and open up to all mm-hmm. of them to, like, find one that mm-hmm. works. That's just shitty. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just like with therapy. Yeah, it's really. already the mental gymnastics of even just trying to find someone you can trust that, you know, can they can, you can trust them with your problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I just wish that we would have more just like longer conversations and to listen and not just automatically assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's lazy. It's lazy. Definitely. It's lazy. And you know, of course, it's like subjective and right now especially mm-hmm. like big thank you to all the yeah. healthcare workers out there this is an of insane mm-hmm. time but i think overall yeah. yeah we're we're due for a little bit of a change on the personal yeah. level did you want to talk about lastly sorry you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um when we were chatting earlier this week you're working on a project right now called not your body mm-hmm. can you tell us about mm-hmm. that i'm really excited for this one it's a a way just to show like the foundation of like what i believe in and what i want to do with like health coaching and my career and the like the spaces that I want to work in um it's basically I will I, I don't know if I should give too much away I don't know but whatever it's you basically taking the experiences of four of my friends that deal with different menstrual disorders and um having them speak on that and it's like kind of bringing in elements of what health coaching is like and so the kind of questions that I would ask my clients I asked them so like their experiences with, you know, their bodies and like doctors. So it's like, it's, it's kind of just highlighting the experience of people who bleed and what it's like to grow up as a woman or someone who bleeds and, you know, dealing with doctors and feeling very out of control from their bodies and like 
feeling like they don't have a say, but then also how they empower themselves mm-hmm. and just how, like, yeah, face value, again, like nothing is what it seems. You look at, you know, for instance, like you two, it's like two beautiful women, but you never know like, oh, you could have endometriosis, you could have this, and it's something so ugly and hurtful, but yet you are carrying on and doing what you have to do. And it's like, no one sees that. And you know, it's like, you're a woman, your place is in the kitchen, your place is in the bedroom, your place is whatever. It's like, no, I'm dealing with this shit. And I'm also like taking over the world. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I just want to show that. And I feel like I'm tired of talking about women's health care, reproductive health. I'm tired of like writing about it. I want to actually like show a visual mm-hmm. and then you do it as like a symbolism to showcase like these different disorders and like what that looks like. And it's wow. like, it's gross, you yeah. know? But then, so it's like mixing video and just like food and like, you know, stills and things and just like kind of being a big project. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I'm really that's excited. so I'm beautiful. That. Yeah. Thank you. And then, so I guess lastly, as we wrap up, you also, mm-hmm. you have a cookbook coming out in December, yeah, <gasps> which is super <laughs> exciting. Um, what can we expect to see in it? Recipes, well, recipes. <laughs> Yeah, I would hope so. It's like, what the fuck is coming here? Um, of course, recipes for my friends, but even just like cool, like, even more detail about these people and like their cool items because it's also like an object story too. Mm-hmm. And so it's like uh, in the series, like on Instagram, it's like a light feature of everyone's like favorite things. And it's like with Rumi that I paired with, who's like this a really amazing brand to tell stories through objects and like design beautiful furniture and things. Um, it's like everyone had their favorite kitchen items and they, you know, the story behind them. But also it's like for the, for the cookbook, it's like a, items of their things that like make them them. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, it's just another thing to describe someone, wow. you know, it's yeah. I'm so excited. Me too. Is it going to be, is it going to be printed or is it all digital? So I'm going to do digital first mm-hmm. and then like later I want to have co- like physical copies mm-hmm. to sell and just like figuring out like who to sell it to and like what that looks like. But for now it would be digital. Wow. Um, you can sell it. You can sell it to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'll buy it. Heck yeah. Please send, oh us, my God. send us the link when that comes out so we can share it with everybody. I will. That's awesome. Yeah. I so will. Um, you. Well, you kind of already did, but is there anything else that you would like to promo? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, not right now. Right now, it's just a lot of like building and getting everything wrapped up. But like for twenty twenty one, it's like I plan to have everything like launched. And You're stuff planting and, like, all the seeds. I'm planting the seeds now and getting everything finished. <laughs> and yeah, I want to have um, start you know building like clientele with like health coaching and everything. But yeah, really just like you know following on Instagram. <laughs> That's really the biggest thing um, right now. At Veggie Mom Club official. Yes, yes. The cutest um, name. Yeah, really. Oh, thank you. Well, I deleted my other account. Yeah, thank you. Mm. Thank you so much for chatting with thank us. You. I am an admiring you and your work in the community and everything you do. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yes. <laughs> we so appreciate fun. you so much. And I am looking forward thank to you. see what, what happens for you in the next couple of years. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, I see Thank it. You. <laughs> All right. Thank you, ladies. Thanks. Bye, Teresa. <laughs> Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Meet My Mutual. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And be sure to tell your friends about us. We welcome you to connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Meet My Mutual. 
Thank you so much for the support. We'll see you next time on Meet My Mutual.